The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. We're here. We're ready. We hope you are as well. You have employment law questions, COVID-19, temporary layoff questions. Doesn't matter. Bring it all on. We'll, uh, we'll answer them all and get to them. If you prefer the email route, we'll try to get to some of those later in the, uh, in the morning. Help at Employment Lawyer. .ca is the way to reach out through email and the website we always direct you to first off is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and in just a bit we'll get to this situations when you are probably owed much more severance than you even realize that is coming up but first Leor is here to uh, warm us up with the week that was how are you pal hey John uh, doing well uh, always ready to go mm-hmm. revved up and excited uh, for our show here so if you are Wondering now, getting up and wondering, hey, wait a second, I didn't have the best week. I have a a week ahead where I have a lot of questions before I speak to my boss. What should I say to my boss? How do I deal with these workplace problems? Well, whatever the question, the situation that you're facing, not a problem. There is no situation that cannot be resolved. Give us a call right now on the show, and I'll show you exactly what I mean. I'll answer the question. I'll tell you what you need to know. There's a lot of answers, a lot of solutions. The law, actually, when it comes to employment law, is very, very good. It's very comprehensive, and it provides you with significant entitlements. So by all means, take advantage of the fact that we are here for one purpose and one reason, and that is to answer your questions and solve those problems. So uh, let's let's get to it, and you guys uh, give us a call and keep us busy and hopping this morning. Of course, there's always option B. Option B is you call me at the office. We speak privately, we have an email exchange, and we'll give you that contact information throughout the show. But right now, as John said, to get us already week, there was some situations that uh, came across my desk this week. John, I had a number of calls this week from people that have been laid off for, for months, of course, because of uh, COVID, have been laid off temporarily. Mm-hmm. And they called me saying, well, Lior, when is enough enough? Okay, how long do we have to stay on this layoff? They've ex- they had expected to be back to work by now. In fact, a couple of times it looked like they were going to be going back to work, but with the the, the spikes in in the pandemic and closures, uh, they were never called back, and they're still you know out there at home waiting to be called back. And really, the question, as I said, was when is it enough? When is enough enough? So here's what I told them. I had probably four or five of these uh, right at the beginning of the week, and, and it's asking when is enough enough is not even the, the right question. The right question is, did your employer have the right to lay you off temporarily to begin with? And for most people, despite of COVID-19, the answer is that your employer does not have the right to lay you off temporarily. Doesn't matter uh, if it's COVID-19 or any other reason. Meaning, they don't have to wait and see what happens. They don't have to wait to be called back to work. They can treat their employment now, if they want, as being terminated and get severance. So there's that misconception that they had is that we're in the employer's hands. We have to wait either for the employer to call us back to work or to let us go. No, not at all. It's uh, in the employee's hands. You can make that decision. Now, if you choose to wait and and you're going to leave it in your employer's hands, you could be waiting until March 2022. That's a long, long time to wait, considering many people have already been laid off for for almost a year. So you have the option, and everyone listening right there that may be in that situation, there's a a lot of people 
that I've been laid off temporarily. You can make the decision, regardless of what the company intends or what the company plans on doing, you can make the decision to treat your employment as being terminated now and get your severance. And remember, depending on how long you've worked there and a few other factors, the severance that you're owed can, can be as much as two years' pay. So when is enough enough? That is up to you, the employee. You can treat your employment as being terminated now. If that's what you want to do, call me as soon as possible. Again, 416-870-6400 here. And now to call in to the show, uh, what's the other matter you got uh, you got going on, pal? So about three months ago, uh, this gentleman that I, I spoke with was advised that his commission structure at work is going to be changing. And as soon as he heard about that, he realized or he believed that he's going to be making less money. He talked to his employer at the time, and, and they assured him, no, no, you're not going to be making less money. Despite this change in the commission structure, we're going to be di- diverting some new business your way, so you're not going to take a pay cut, and hopefully you'll even make more money. He called me back then about three months ago, and he, he wanted to know what to do. So I said, okay, well, let's give your employer for now the benefit of the doubt. Let's write back to your employer, send an email saying, well, I'm very concerned about this but I'm willing to give it a try and see if, in fact, it impacts my income. So he did. He sent that email, continued working with a new commission structure. Well, fast forward three months to now. He's now gotten a few commission checks, and exactly as he expected, he's taken a significant pay cut, somewhere between 30 to 40%. That's a lot of money. So he called me back now and said, Lior, three months have passed. What happens now? Well, now, now is when we can say constructive dismissal. Now is when we can say, no, I'm not accepting this change. I gave you, employer, the benefit of the doubt. And it turns out that you gave me a pay cut. And you don't have a right to give me a pay cut. So now he can say, that's a constructive dismissal. I'm leaving with my severance. So this is an important reminder to everyone there. If your terms of employment are changed, maybe it's your commission structure. Maybe it's your bonus being eliminated. Maybe you're now no longer getting overtime at all. Or maybe your, your salary's been cut, your hours have been cut. If any of those situations apply to you, you may be able to say, no, that's a constructive dismissal. That's not legal. I'm not accepting that. You have the right to do, and, and to do it. And in some situations, like with this guy, you can try it out for a period of time. You know, tell your employer you're doing that, and then you can make your decision. Of course, John, if he had accepted this change now beyond today, if he had continued working despite the pay cut, the problem would have been that he would be giving the employer the right to do it again. That's right. And when they change this commission structure again next month and again and again to the point where he's getting no money now, he wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. So when you're faced with a change, you have to do something about it quickly. If you're not sure what to do, if you're not sure if it's a real change, whatever the question is, please reach out and let's have a chat about it. Yeah, and uh, to get a hold of yours team, uh, when we're not on air here, it's one uh, 821 5900 If he decided to at one point say, yeah, you know what, I'll take it for a spin, see if that actually turns out to be a little better or as good as what they say, would he have to make that clear in writing? You don't want to make that just a verbal, right? No, no, it, it can't be a verbal. If, if it's verbal, it doesn't exist. If it's not in writing, it, it, it's never happened. So, yes, email works beautifully. Text messenger works beautifully. We have all this technology in our disposable, disposal that allows us to, to send stuff in writing. Back in the old days, you'd have to write something by, by hand or, or on a typewriter. Right now, send an email and saying, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about this, but I'm going to try it out to see if it's really as bad as I think. 
You do that. You, you buy yourself some time to make that decision. What you don't want to do is just walk away, continue working, pretend it never happened because that's an invitation for future changes. That's a very bad idea. I want to talk about this as well, situations when you are probably owed much more severance than you realize. First, before we get into the, the points of that, uh, kind of a, a refresher, a basic refresher. How is severance normally calculated? So we're, we're going to be talking about situations where you're owed even more severance than you realize. Well, frankly, in, in every situation, you're probably owed a lot more than you realize. We're simply going to talk about situations that it's even more than that. The general rule, of course, is your severance is calculated based on three main factors. That is your age, your position, and the length of your employment. The longer you work, the older you are, and the more senior a position you have, the more severance is owed to you. So it's not a week per year of service. Many people think, well, I don't need to figure out how much I'm owed. I know, it's a week per year. Six years, six weeks. Ten years, ten weeks. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's not a week per year or two weeks per year or one and a half, whatever that formula. It's based on those factors. For some people, that can mean six months per year. Uh, some people can mean a month per month. Uh, yeah. You know, it really does depend on those factors. So first of all, regardless of who you are, regardless of what your situation, if you lost your job, go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca to find out how much you're actually owed because it's probably a lot more than what your company's offered you. But what we're going to be talking about, situations that as much as you're actually owed, it's probably even more than that because of these unique factors. So those are some important things to, uh, to watch out for. And the first one uh, that we're going to get to here when you're actually offered or at least owed much more severance to realize, and some people think that they don't, they're not owed any in this case, and that is when you're a short service employee, right? Absolutely. That is a huge one. It's very easy to believe, and I understand why people would believe that, well, if I work for a short period of time, I know I work for six months. Yeah, if I'm owed anything, I'm lucky. If I'm owed a week's pay, I'll take it and run. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Not only are you owed a lot more than that as a short service employee, short service employees are actually treated disproportionately better than long service employees. So most short service employees, even if you only work for a few months, you could be owed a few months severance. Give you an example. Say you work for six months. You could be owed three months pay. You could even be owed more than three months of severance. So please don't ever assume that short service means little or no severance. The opposite is true. You may be working for a few months and sometimes the amount of severance can exceed the length of employment. So any really anyone for four years or less would be getting disproportionately more severance. So I don't care if you work for a month or 50 years. You have to get legal advice if you lost your job. Chances are, as certainly as a short service employee, you're a lot more than you realize. Right back more. Employment Law Show is on the way. Global. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back. Uh, Lior, part of, of course, and partner and founder of Sanfiru Tamarkan LLP, the most positively reviewed employment law firm in Canada. So you are in excellent hands. First call, as promised. Paul, thanks for standing by. Fellas. What's going on? Well, uh, 
My wife was laid off back in March 2020, and I'll speed this up a bit. She just received this week a notice of termination. She's uh, been employed. She's been employed at this location for 13 years. They have offered her eight weeks of severance, um, plus a, a gratuitous uh, on top of that of 2,500. Wow, a whole uh, 2,500. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is kind of where I was thinking. Um, I believe they're just sticking to the to the Employment Standards Act for payment, and she has a she does have a contract, but I don't see in that contract anywhere where it says uh, that they have to abide by the Employment Standards Act. Well, um, what is your your wife's salary yearly salary approximately? Thirty thirty two thousand to thirty five. So your wife is likely owed about a year's pay, twelve months pay. So, you know, whatever they offered her is, uh, let's put it this way, a heck of a lot less than that. Now, even if she signed an employment agreement that tries to limit her to her uh, minimum entitlements under the Employment Standards Act, chances are probably a 95% chance that it doesn't properly, properly limit her entitlements. So on that basis, Paul, your your wife has been wrongfully dismissed. She's owed about a year's pay, and she's been offered, I don't know, 10 or 12 weeks pay, whatever that comes to, including, including that gratuitous payment. So right. uh, the good news is that this should be unbelievably easy to resolve. So now, you know now what able... she's owed. Yeah, go ahead. There might be a wrench in that. It, it, if the business is classified as not-for-profit, does that put nope. a wrench in it? Not at all, none whatsoever. It doesn't matter for profit, not profit, big company, small company, profitable, profitable or not, uh, they have to pay her the, the severance the same way. So now that we know that, the next step is have your wife please reach out to me. She can call, she can email. Uh, I'll have a chat with her, uh, you know, take a look at that employment agreement and then get her the 12 months that she's owed. It's not a complicated thing. They'll have to pay it. Okay, we, we have reached out. We, we are expecting a call next week. Perfect. And, uh, now, just the next point is uh, her position was filled prior to any kind of callback or anything like that. Does that have any effect? No, ultimately, it's a question of, of severance. I mean, she could have pursued her severance even sooner because she's been laid oh, off definitely. since March. So, yep. but you know, at this point, it doesn't really matter was, whether it was pursued then or, or not. Now that she's not there, it's really about severance. It's not so much about what her employer did with her job. Did they replace her? Did they not? It's simply about what do they owe her. And for her, that's about a year's pay. That's, that's kind of where I was thinking as well. Okay. All right, Paul. Appreciate it, pal. Sorry, got to let you go, Polly. Uh, you've been in contact, and uh, please let us know how that goes for sure. Got to get to him. Uh, Mark, thanks for hanging on, pal. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, Great. I just have, I just have a quick question. Um, I'm still working for the company. I didn't lose my job, but uh, they're changing my hours. Um, I work eight hours a day, and now they they want to change it to seven seventy five. Um, I want to know if I can get my severance pay. Can I classify it as a wrongful dismissal? So if the changes, you go from eight hours a day to seven hours and three quarters. Unfortunately, that's not a significant enough change to uh, to be a constructive dismissal. 
it's a change. Obviously, it's it's a change. It's not going to make you happy. I understand completely, but it's not significant enough. If they had reduced you, let's say, from eight to to six or or, or, or lower, then that's when we're in constructive dismissal territory. For you, Mark, no, it's not significant enough. Keep an eye on things, though. If they try to make more significant changes, at that point, you need to take a step back and to call me. But this particular change, not significant enough. Okay, okay. Thank you, that's all. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. Ian, you are up next. Thank you for uh, patiently standing by. Guys, I just wondered, um, I was recently uh, uh, terminated from my employer. I was doing some snow plowing there as a third-party contractor. Now, I might still deem as a, a third-party contractor or an employee, and I was dismissed uh, without without notice uh, and because I complained due to the fact uh, there was issues with safety. Now, you, first of all, Ian, were you working regular hours? Tell me about your, your work schedule. I was on call for snow plowing. Okay, so it's kind of depending on how much snow there is that call you if it, if it was enough snow for you to, to plow. Exactly, snow and salt, yep. Got it. So you're, you're likely not going to be considered an employee because of that arrangement, because you didn't have a regular hours as one of those. They called you when they needed you. Maybe they needed you a lot. Maybe they didn't need you at all, depending on how much snow we got. So you're not an employee. And, and because you're not an employee, you don't necessarily have the same rights as an employee would. So in terms of letting you go, they can let you go as long as they comply with whatever agreement you signed which would require them to give you a certain amount of notice. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's six weeks, whatever ultimately the deal was. And in terms of safety concerns, the, the best thing to do if, if there are safety issues is you can report them to the Ministry of Labor. They could get fined uh, potentially for letting you go uh, if you raise these issues and if they're not addressing safety concerns. Uh, that's the recourse there. But because you're not in the eyes of the law likely an employee, you wouldn't have the same rights. If you were an employee, we'd be having a very different discussion. In your situation, that's, that, that is a bit different. Okay, no, because I heard in the past you guys would say that uh, uh, con- subcontractors are, tre- are, are treated as employees many times. That's why. Absolutely. And, and, and if you had regular hours with them, say, you know, you have to come in every Tuesday and Thursday and uh, from 8 to 3, then because it's that regular schedule, yeah, you would be considered an employee. Uh, but in your situation, because it's on call, on demand as needed, you would still be considered a contractor and not an employee. Ian, appreciate the time, and thank you for the call. Mary, you're up next. How are you? Fantastic. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. All right, what's up? Uh, Well, I have a question. My husband owns a company, and we have an employee who um, doesn't come in or call to say that he's not coming in because on the weekend, after pay week, Every two weeks or every week, he decides that he's going to drink and he doesn't want to come into work. Now, and he, he doesn't he doesn't tell you, doesn't give you notice. He just no. doesn't show up. No, sometimes he'll call my husband at, at two thirty in the morning. Oh um, my god! On a, on a Sunday, by accident because he's drinking and he's laughing. So my <laughs> so this past two weeks, he hasn't come into work because at all at all. At all. And have you followed up with him, or has your husband followed up with him? My husband followed up with him, and he says, "Oh, I'm." He knows why he doesn't come into work. He knows because he's on the weekend, he's drinking, and he just he drinks so much that he can't even stand up. Like he's wow. coming to work sometimes puking. 
Now, I can't have an employee come into work puking and not feeling well because we're, he's a welder. We're in the welding manufacturing business. Right. right. Oh, yeah, of course. No, there's serious safety issues. Safety issues, big time, right? Yeah. So my husband's told him, unless you get yourself cleaned, I'm sorry, but I can't have you come into work and uh, the way you are. And he's like, I'm sorry, boss. I'm sorry, boss. Like, I, I'll get some help. I'll get some help. But the thing is, how do we let this person go? Because Not, not because we want him. He's a great worker, but he just... He drinks a lot, and he doesn't show up to work, and we deal with contracts. These right. contracts have to be met. If we don't meet them, then they back charge us, right? So his job is very important to us, and we can't have him taking time off work because of his drinking on the weekend. Over- so here's what I'm going to say, Mary. First of all, what you can't do starting now is you can't have him into work anymore, even if he shows up, because... There's a concern that even if he shows up, he's not at 100%. He may still be feeling the effects of alcohol, and, and he puts himself and others, including your business, in danger. Exactly. So my husband that safety is number home. one. Safety is number one. More important than employment law, safety. Right. Now, in terms of what you do with this guy, normally I would say you may be in a position to just let him go. But because we're aware that he clearly has some problem with drinking – he may well be considered an alcoholic, and that is a disability. You know, being an alcoholic or, or suffering from alcoholism, that's a disability. So here's what you do. Uh, this has to be in writing, okay? If it's not in writing, it doesn't exist, and I can help you uh, write it. But we need to send them a letter saying, you know, we've had all these issues with you. You're not showing up to work. When you're showing up to work, you're not fit to work. We, we will not have you work anymore. So here's what's going to happen. Uh, you, you have to seek treatment, and you have to confirm to us that you're seeking treatment, you know, we'll give you a couple of weeks to do that. Uh, and if you if you don't seek treatment and you don't contact us, we'll simply have to let you go. If you're seeking treatment, you can stay off, and then you can come back to work once you give us something from your doctor that, that you're clear to go back, that you're able to, to work. So you can be off as long as you're seeking treatment for your problems. If you're not seeking treatment and you don't confirm that you have, then we're simply going to let you go. But either way, Either way, until a doctor, your doctor, tells us that you're fit to go back to work, you're not coming back to work anymore. Right. That's what has to happen. There's no option two. There's only this option. So I wouldn't let him go right now. I would give him the opportunity to, to, to try to get help, treatment, and hopefully clean himself up. But if he doesn't do that, you have no choice but to let him go. Uh, but for now, you know, today is, is the weekend. You want to write him so that he knows effective Monday. He can't come in until he does uh, what we just said. Right. Well, he's been he's been off for two weeks because my husband said you can't come in until you're you've gotten some kind of help. You say, you're telling me you're going to get help. And I, right. Right. So I mean, I, I already did an ROE, but I don't know if that was wrong. No, it, it's okay. But we need. Here's what I, I I want. I want this to be confirmation in writing as to what we said. Because he could easily say, they just fired me because they realized I have a drinking problem. No, that, that's not good. We don't want it to be a he said, she said. So we need to send a letter, properly drafted, that outlines here's what, what we expect from you and here's what's going to happen un- unless you do that. So I, I, I think that because we're dealing with potentially something you know, that's considered a disability, we want to have our T's crossed and our I's dotted. So I want you to reach out to me and let me help you draft this so that you're business is properly protected. Okay, that's great. So how do I reach out to you? 
I will tell you right now, Mary, very simple, and that uh, that way to do that is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You can also use uh, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Mary, appreciate the call. Best of luck. I know you'll you'll follow back with us uh, when uh, when everything gets said and done. But for now, we'll take a short break. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. All right, right back at it. And uh, you want to reach out anytime to Lior and his team when we're not doing this show, one 855 Use it, write it down. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you go to employmentlawyer.ca, by the way, the website, you will catch links to our long-running TV show as well, which is pretty awesome. And, of course, the website, like having uh, Lior with you 24-7 in your pocket, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But here and now, always get back to the uh, the phone calls. Hey, Ed, how are you? Ed, how are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on today? Uh, I had a question. I, I'm working for a company. Uh, I've been there three years. And when I signed on with the company, we're working four day weeks, 11 hours guaranteed. So whether we work five hours, eight hours, we get paid for 11, which is a great job. And I love it. So the company is talking about switching us from four day work weeks uh, to five day work weeks, eight hour days. And I'm wondering if they can do that since I've been working uh, four day weeks for the last three years. And uh, Ed, uh, this is not a union position, is that right? That's right. Okay. So no, Ed, they don't have a right to do that. That's obviously a huge change, going from four days to five days, from eleven hours to eight hours. It's a massive change, no, no doubt about it. Now, the fact that I said that they're not allowed to do that doesn't actually mean that there's a way to physically stop them from doing it. What it means is if they implement that change, you have two options. Option number one, of course, you can accept it and continue working and do your your five days a week. Option number two is you can treat that as a constructive dismissal and leave with your severance. Now, uh, how many years total have you been there? Three years. Three years total. So you'll probably be looking at anywhere from four to five, maybe even as much as six months pay. That's what severance would look like for you. Uh, the other option you have is maybe you're on the fence right now. You're not sure is it going to work out for you or is it not. Do exactly what I was saying beginning of the show is send them an email or a text message saying, I have big concerns about that, but I'm willing to try it for a little while to see how this fits into my life. And so you try it for a few weeks and then decide whether you're good with it or whether you want to say constructive dismissal. But I'm going to give you a warning here as well, and that is if you if you simply accept this and you continue working and now you're working five days a week, et cetera, by accepting it, you've now given the company the right to do other changes. So maybe next year they'll decide to do six days a week at five hours a day or seven days a week. You know, you get you get the idea. So uh, your option absolutely is to say constructive dismissal and get severance. If that's the option you, you pick, don't go to your company and say, I'm out of here. Don't do anything before you and I actually speak in person. But that's the option. Okay. Um, I got a second part to my uh, question, if you have the time. Sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, okay. So for the last three years, whenever we have a, a civic holiday or a paid holiday where we're not working, um, the company's paid us 11 hours for that day. Right. right, whether it's Canada Day or, or whatever day. Um, and now what they've 
actually done in the last couple of months is they've changed from paying us the 11-hour day to the average of hours worked over the last 20 days before the holiday. Right. So I've gone from getting paid 11 hours for the stat holiday to now getting maybe seven or eight hours for the stat holiday. Yeah, so strictly speaking, uh, they're allowed to do it to calculate based on the average. What they shouldn't be doing is changing terms of employment. So if they used to give you more than they actually had to, they're not allowed to change that, except in this situation, because it's not a massive change, you, you're going you know, on a stat holiday from 11 hours to well, know, seven or eight, it's not going to be something that you can necessarily do anything about. Not going to be something that makes you happy, of course, but that alone is not something you can do something about. Uh, It's one of those things you kind of have to accept, and and it is what it is. The big change, of course, is the one dealing with your hours and days of work. That that is the big one. Great. Okay. Thanks for your help, guys. Great show. Thank you. Edward, appreciate it. You want to reach out to you, uh, you know how to do it. one 821 5900 is the way to get hold of Lior and his team. Just make that phone call, carry the conversation on, and you can go to help at employmentlawyer.ca, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we'll get back to a few more of these uh, talking points, Lior, as we get some more calls lined up, and that is situations where you are probably owed much more severance than you realize. And this one I love, when you were recruited away from another job, especially when you've been in the first job for like 25 years. That, that's just a beauty. Absolutely. That that, that, <laughs> that happens fairly often. So, so here's what I mean by recruited. By recruited, I mean that you're not actively looking to leave where you are. You, you have a job, you're working, you're fine. You're not shopping out your resume. You're not posting your resume up online, etc. But despite that, someone comes and, and knocks on your door. Maybe it's a recruiter. Maybe it's a hiring manager from another company. And they say, we think you're the guy or the girl for us. We want to hire you. And eventually they convince you, you make the move. Well, that's what we call inducement. That means that you were essentially recruited away when you're not looking uh, to, to come join a company. That means that if you are then let go in the first few years of employment, that that new company is going to have to pay you enhanced severance that recognizes your service with the previous company. So using John's example, let's say you worked for a company for 25 years, you were induced or recruited by another company, and you worked there for two years, then they let you go. Well, now they may have to pay you severance based on a total of 27 years of service even though you've only worked for a company for two years. So that means a heck of a lot more severance than you would otherwise get. So very important to consider that if you have been recruited away from another job, please, please do yourself a favor. Do not sign anything if you are let go in that situation. Call me, call me right away, and we'll figure out exactly what you're owed. Again, I give it out all the time, 1-855-821-5900. Grab another call as always. Mike, you're up. How are you, pal? Good, thanks, guys. Um, yep. hey, quick question: I I uh, I work in sales, outside sales. Uh, with the pandemic, there's we're sort of work at home for quite a while, and the the company we've heard is potentially going to take the company vehicle away. Um, we've had use of the com- I've had use of the company vehicle for over 15 years for both work use as well as personal use. Just wondering what my what my rights are if if the the vehicle gets taken away. Yeah, that that is actually a, a big change. I mean, if you were just using the vehicle 
for work purposes, it's one thing, but it's essentially if you're getting quote unquote a free car that you use for whatever you need to or you want to, that is a, a, a significant part of your compensation. So you, th despite the fact that they're not allowed to do this, they're not allowed to make significant changes, including taking your vehicle. As I said to a previous caller, that doesn't mean we can stop them. What means what it means is that you may have to choose: Do you accept this, and you know now you don't have a vehicle, or do you treat this as a constructive dismissal? Now it's a tough call for you, I understand, and you may not want to walk away from the job because of this issue. But those are the that, that, that's what the the law provides: those remedies, those options only. Either you accept this, you, you lose the vehicle, or you say no, constructive dismissal. Pay me my severance. So if you want to get severance in that situation, sure, no problem. We can do that. Uh, you can connect with me, and I'll help you. Okay, great. Thanks very much. Thank you, Mikey. Uh, be safe. If you want to reach out, uh, again, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. help at employmentlawyer.ca. Let's get uh, let's get Pete in here quick before we uh, we break. Hey, Pete, good morning. Oh, boy, it's not an easy one. To, so, <laughs> All right, have at her. I worked at it as a, uh, a what was considered to be a contractor. I know according to the rules that I'm not actually a contractor. They set the wage. They set the hours. Uh, they were a company that contracted to another large corporation to provide service. So they had us all treated as contractors. There was one test case. A person went to the labor board, and it was ruled that he was actually an employee. So they started treating him as an employee, but nobody else. <laughs> okay. the, the, the company that is doing this uh, had these contracts for about five years. They had bought out a previous company that I worked for for 24 years before that. So I've actually had 29 years of total service with them. Uh, at the start of COVID last year, their contract was what they were doing dried up because obviously nothing was happening. Uh, since that time, that company has decided that they are not going to continue their um, providing service to these other companies. And that portion of their their corporation has decided to pack it in. There's never been an email sent to us explaining it. In the meantime, somebody has uh, gone ahead and they actually have certified a, a uh, class action suit against them about being considered an employee and wanting back vacation pay and what have you for the contractors. I did not sign on to that because it really isn't a lot of money and there's also tax implications and other things that come along with that. But yep. what I want is 29 years worth of severance um, from this company because obviously if they have been told that we are employees and told that, uh, well, this, this class action suit, they're trying to settle now for about a quarter of what is being asked for in the suit, um, they, they are pretty much admitting that they are in the wrong. And uh, I have 29 years with them. I would like to see if I can get two years of, I, I used to make about $15,000 a year. So it'd be two years of that. So you're not working right now, Pete, uh, am I right? Oh no, I'm working. I, I do other work, but it, not as a contractor. This company hires people, calls them contractors, because of the special skill that we have and able to provide. Though I have a full-time employment doing something else, this was something that I did. I got it, kind day. of on the side, yeah, I understand. Exactly, yeah. So, so yeah, if now, because what happened with that contract, you're no longer doing that work with them, then yes, of course, you are 
you were an employee for 29 years. No one works for 29 years and not be an employee. And yeah, you wrote probably two years of, of your pay. Uh, and, and by the way, while we pursue that, we can also pursue, if, if you choose, and I don't see why we wouldn't, any vacation pay or overtime or holiday pay that you may be owed. It's a heck of a lot faster than dealing with the class action. Uh, and yeah, so this is not a complicated thing. Potentially, we can even resolve it without legal action at all. Uh, in a few weeks. So definitely give me a call and let can me help I, you do I what I do. One more question. Yep, quickly, go ahead. I put her, uh, so now I am working for a different company that does the same thing for the same people. They took over the contract now that this has, uh, they have, the other company had folded up. So here's what happens. If you were able to replace your income, so you lost that particular job, but you worked out something else with some other people or similar people, and now you've replaced your income, then unfortunately you will not get to be owed the severance because severance is paid to compensate you while you've lost income. If you've replaced your income, you either may not be owed severance or potentially very little. So we can have a chat about that off air and we can calculate exactly what you're owed. But if you've replaced your income, it may not be the full amount. Pete, nice call. Appreciate that. Reach out indeed. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll take a short break and get right back to an Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back indeed. Reaching out to Lior when the show is all said and done. Help at employmentlawyer.ca, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, the website, and 1-855-821-5900 if you go to employmentlawyer.ca. That'll lead you to our uh, long-running TV show, which is uh, which is really cool as well. Thirty-minute package right there every uh, every week. So check it out. Situations where you are probably owed much more severance than you realize, and this one, the math is always interesting on this one, Lior. That is, uh, if there's a gap in service, uh, what does that mean? So oftentimes we work for a company. Maybe we quit or are let go, uh, you know, do something else, and then maybe sometime later, a few years later, we come back to this company. So the question becomes, how much service do we actually have? And the reason why that matters is because, of course, the length of service is the main factor, the biggest factor in deciding how much severance you're owed. The more service you have or seniority, uh, the more years you have under your belt, the more uh, severance you get. So here's how this works. In many cases, in many cases, despite having a gap in service, we can add up your total years. So I'll give you an example. Let's say you work for three years, and then you leave, and you leave for two years, you come back. And then you work for another five years. Then the company lets you go. Well, now you may actually be considered an eight-year employee, three plus five, which means you get severance like an eight-year employee. And when does that happen? Well, it happens when, when the company brings you back if they don't treat you like a new employee. Maybe they don't put you on probation. Maybe they pay you the same as you would have gotten paid had you never left. Maybe they acknowledge somehow explicitly or implicitly that you're not a new employee. Well, if you're not treated like a new employee, then the law says, okay, then you've inherited your past service. Now, it's even more interesting than that. In some situations, we can even disregard a gap completely, and it could be treated as if you were working for that period of time. So, 
Bottom line is this. If you've worked for a company in a number of stages and, and a number of times, don't assume that it's the last stretch that only counts towards your severance. It could be all the time that you've had, all the years combined, which may mean instead of a three-year employee, you could be a 23-year employee. Very important. You may be owed a lot more severance than you realize. If you're ever in that situation or, frankly, anytime you've ever lost your job, you have to give me a call so we can assess and determine what you're owed. That's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Again, situations where you're probably owed much more severance than you realize. You might not even think you are, and this one's working under a fixed term contract. Fixed term contract, my old buddy there. So that's a, a situation where you're working not just indefinitely. You signed an agreement that says you'll be working for a specific period of time. Maybe it's twelve months. Maybe it's eighteen months. A specific and definite period of time. Well, the reason why that's important is because if you have signed a contract like that, if the company lets you go before the end of the contract, they still have to pay you the difference. They have to pay you the balance of the contract. So maybe you started a a 12-month contract and you let go three months into it. Well, you may think after three months, I'm not owed much. Well, wait a second. No, you signed a 12-month contract. You let go three months into it. They still have to pay you for the last nine months. So definitely a situation where you're going to be owed a lot more severance than you realize. Uh, I've had situations where my clients were owed over three and a half years pay because of the fact that they signed this uh, fixed-term contract. So definitely, definitely, if you signed a a fixed-term contract, if you are let go before, don't sign anything. Don't assume you're owed little or nothing or whatever the company is offered. You may well be owed the balance of that contract. Want to get to, uh, to one last one before we wrap. This one's important. Uh, maybe you owed much more severance than you realize if you lose your job during a bad economy. No kidding. Yeah. If you lose your job in a bad economy, that means it's going to be more difficult for you to find another job. It's going to be more difficult for you to replace the income that you've lost. Well, in that situation, the law says you should get more severance. If it's going to be more difficult to find a job, more severance has to be paid. That's true right now, COVID-19. Bad economy, high unemployment rate, more difficult to replace your job. So right now during COVID-19, you get even more severance than you would have before COVID-19. It's interesting, too, because this is the time where people are just laying down, figuring, oh, it's COVID-19. They've got an excuse. I can't do anything about it. Not only is it not true, not only do you still get severance and the company can't avoid paying it by saying COVID-19, they may have to pay you more severance than usual because of the fact that it's a bad economy. So please don't make assumptions and always, always give me a call if you lost your job. Fantastic for another week. Appreciate all your phone calls, correspondence. We are uh, going to wrap for the day. Here's how you reach out. one 821 5900 the number pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Oh, so important website for everything under the umbrella of employment law. And then finally, help at employmentlawyer.ca through email as well. We'll catch you again next time. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.